Hello, and welcome to the Evolve and Elevate podcast. I am Jacob Fry, your show host and humble servant. I have an unwavering belief that no matter where you are, who you are, what you have, or what the story of your past may hold, you have the ability and inner strength to design and realize your best self tomorrow, if only you will put in the effort today. Thanks for joining us on another E&E podcast episode. Before jumping back into the book, I want to share a powerful sentiment I stumbled upon while reading The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. It's a short piece, a couple short pieces, on maximizing our being, shifting into that next gear when we think we can't or would rather not. Mr. Holiday states, we often assume that the world moves at our leisure. We delay when we should initiate. We jog when we should be running or better yet sprinting. And then we're shocked, shocked when nothing big ever happens, when opportunities never show up, when new obstacles begin to pile up, or the enemies finally get their act together. And another short passage about duty and doing our jobs and doing them right. Quote, an artist is giving many different canvases and commissions in their lifetime, and what matters is that they treat each one as a priority. Whether it's the most glamorous or the highest paying is irrelevant. Each project matters, and the only degrading part is giving less than one is capable of giving. Same goes for us. We will be and do many things in our lives. Some are prestigious, some are onerous, none are beneath us. To whatever we face, our job is to respond with hard work, honesty, helping others as best we can. Take a moment to consider where potential to maximize may be in our lives and where our duty, our performance, our job might be better polished. Now, let's read a handful of chapters from Silver Linings. Chapter titled Milligan Academy. It turned out that a 13-year-old child could not just stop attending school. The school referred us to, quote, alternative, unquote, schools in the area. Quote, alternative, unquote, is a term used in place of, quote, place of bad kids, unquote. We sent in an application for an alternative school called Milligan Academy. Dad and I went in and sat with the school headmaster who inquired about our home life and lifestyle. They already had all the information on what led us there, so there was little interrogation to that extent. The interview went smoothly, and we were given information about the school and a list of items needed to be in attendance. The school required uniforms that consisted of khakis and a blue shirt. They were to be worn every day with a pair of plain white sneakers with zero exceptions. The idea was to create uniformity and inclusion among all of the children attending. Milligan was another perfectly placed experience that helped me develop as an adolescent. The school had daily morning meditation sessions in which the entire school, about 20 kids and 5 staff members, would meditate. Turning on a CD that emitted sounds of nature, we would close our eyes listening to crashing waves or chirping birds. I had never meditated until these experiences, mainly because I knew nothing about it. Nonetheless, this one simple daily experience became a staple in my life. Milligan assisted with the completion of my community service requirement as well. For two hours each day, Monday through Friday after school, I would cross the street into a building that housed a non-for-profit community-based business. I would dump trash, vacuum, clean toilets, wash dishes, and other needs each visit. It wasn't fun work by any means, as community service should not necessarily be fun, but it was fruitful. I further ingrained my ability to serve others and would try to go above and beyond the call of duty when able. Rather than just stop after dumping the trash, I would continue to wash windows. Rather than stop at the windows, I would continue to mop the kitchen. I became a self-starter, and it was beneficial. The people in the building loved my work, and the community service director who signed my hours would occasionally give me double the hours for my work ethic. Silver Lining Section 
Going above and beyond the call of duty is beneficial in all areas of life. Throughout the years, going the extra mile has led to many growth opportunities, especially in my career. I love that Milliken had a phoenix as their logo. It is a valuable lesson that sometimes you must let a piece of you die to be reborn. Let the past perish and be reborn in the future. Chapter titled, Better Behavior. Milligan Academy provided numerous self-growth experiences. During a couple of years there, ages 13 to 15, I became a much more well-rounded individual. The school had tiered, quote, levels, unquote, for students. Levels 1 through 5 or something of that sort, with level 1 being the highest. With each, quote, level up, unquote, you receive new perks or rewards, such as the ability to order out rather than have the typical school lunch tray. There were also events that the higher levels would get to embark upon, such as volunteering at the local zoo, soup kitchen, or dog shelter. Another well-designed event was the end-of-the-year auction. Each student earned, quote, behavior money, unquote, that accumulated throughout the year. Each level received a certain allowance, and certain acts were rewarded with behavior money. The auction had all kinds of cool stuff, such as electronic gadgets, toys, and gift cards. Living with Dad, our typical household budget for Christmas was 150 bucks. And that's divided by multiple kids, so naturally I did everything I could to get as much loot as possible at each auction. The catch, of course, was that levels and auction cash were designed to only be rewarded for good behavior. Miss a day of school unexcused? Lose a level. Get into a fight? Lose two levels. And just like anything worthwhile in life, the good stuff took much longer to gain compared to how quickly the bad stuff took it away. I worked diligently to gain level 1 and eventually did so, earning my personalized polo with the school emblem and my name on it. I absolutely love that polo. But, just as with much in life, there are those who do not appreciate another success story. And out of the 15 to 20 kids in the school at any time, only 1 to 3 would make it to level 1. As such, oftentimes the rowdier kids would instigate with those on level 1 to cause issues. Remember, everyone in this, quote, alternative school, unquote, had been expelled from public school. Some of them thrived on being the toughest in the school. At one point in time, a student jumped another student at a city bus stop after school with his friends. The next day, that same kid, after passing the required daily metal detector test and pat down, grabbed the other student and beat him until the teachers were able to pull him off. The beaten student, face covered in blood, began to cry and ran to the bathroom. The other student went on a tangent and ripped off his shirt, revealing the atrocities that those that attacked him the previous night had committed. I learned quickly to stay in my lane, be pleasant in interactions, and befriend as many students and teachers as possible. Yet, I still found myself being ridiculed by the, quote, tough kids, unquote. During lunch one afternoon, while I was eating chicken wings, again, level one was able to order out, a, quote, tough kid, unquote, approached and sat down across from me. He started talking about how he had spent a year locked up for beating a grown man with a bat. He then followed up his story with an ask for a chicken wing. I refused, informing him that it was against the rules. It had only been a few months ago that I was demoted for sharing food with another student. The tough kid grabbed my shirt, and missing the grapple, decided to clock me in the side of the head. It wasn't a super clog. He had to reach over the table, but damn, it still stung. I learned a potent life lesson that day. When someone instigates, it's worthwhile to think through a response. I had no inclination that the kid would swing at me over a chicken wing. Swing, wing. A rhyme. Ha! That day forward, I began to expect the unexpected. Silver linings. The proper motivations can bring out the best in people. 
I desperately wanted to win some of the rewards at the auction, go to the zoo, or any number of the other things I didn't get to experience in my day-to-day life. It pushed me to chase reward, to work for reward, which has followed me through life. I have found that a strong work ethic and a willingness to go in above and beyond, coupled with diligent, focused effort, leads to inevitable wins in life. Beware if you find yourself winning at life. The structure of win-lose is that there is always a loser. Naturally, we would love for it to be a win-win, but it doesn't always go that direction. They may be sore and envious of your Porsche, career, or even chicken wing. Do not flaunt your rewards, be human, and share what you can. Sometimes, taking a hit to your reputation to lift another up is worth it. The student I had been demoted for sharing with previously was the first to stand up in my defense when this kid started swinging. Chapter titled, How to Be a Successful Criminal One of my favorite self-growth experiences at Milligan was an after-school hours seminar with a man named Ron Gladowski. Ron was booked by the school to come in and give a speech to the children. Ron was a real-life thug who had spent some serious time in prison following a legitimate stint as a high-level drug dealer. During the seminar, he spoke on tons of things that connected with me, from an abusive childhood to seeking an escape from a troubled home. Ron shared a story of hope. It was a story of transformation, and it resonated deeply. After witnessing Ron speaking with the class and reading through his book, How to Be a Successful Criminal, The Real Deal on Crime, Drugs, and Easy Money, by, of course, Ron Gladowski, Alan Fadden, and Judy Grant, I knew I wanted to do something similar with my life. I wanted to transform myself. I desired to change my story. I wanted to drop the tunnel vision that so easily forms during those years. Ron left me with a powerful message in the copy of his book I begged my dad to buy me after the seminar. I'm sure he wrote a similar message for several kids. Nonetheless, this stuck with me for years. And there's an image in the actual book itself. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. Jacob, reach for the stars with your hope and dreams. They will manifest for you in due time. You are a powerful, dynamic, creative, and brilliant soul. With respect, Ron. No one had ever really, never really said those type of words to me before. And... They really hit home. Silver Linings When one realizes their ability to transform themselves by themselves, the entire outlook on life shifts. Chapter titled, Milligan Graduation. This is a short one. Eventually, my time at Milligan had passed, and after two years, I was deemed capable of transitioning back into public schools. It was a bittersweet time. I had significant bonds with the staff at Milligan, and I had thoroughly enjoyed the school. There was a ceremony held at the end of the school year for students that either earned a diploma or completed the program standards. I retained a friendship with a couple of the students. I even found infatuation with one of the girls, and we dated for a little while. Interestingly enough, through her, I was introduced to my future wife. My first tattoo. Jumping the timeline back some, during my time at Milligan, I was dating Birdie. Our fling didn't last long, and we remained friends after our mutual breakup. Through Birdie, I met Fierce. I was 13, going on 14, and she was a year older than I. We had met briefly before, but it was during this time I realized we were attracted to each other. SB and I were staying at SB's friend's house. His friend's house was somewhat of a pig pen and was in the middle of Decatur, Illinois. The friend's father was present for our drop-off and did the song and dance speaking with SM. She was unaware, but we had invited Birdie and her friend Fierce over to hang out. We all walked around town, SB, his friend, myself, and the girls. SB was trying his hardest to get Fierce to date him, 
and it was becoming rather amusing. As we walked through town, I found myself talking and flirting with Fierce often. At the time, it was harmless fun. By the time their ride showed up to get them, I had her number, and we began texting regularly that night. That night, I had another exciting adventure. The friend's uncle had just been released from prison, and trust me, I don't know where these characters keep popping up from either, but he was a professional tattoo artist. He also had a terrible crack addiction. Half-joking, I asked him for a tattoo. He didn't even hesitate and made a bargain with me. He said if I went down the street and asked to buy crack at the, quote, trap house, unquote, again, we are in a rough neighborhood, that he would give me a free tattoo. He handed me some cash and sent me up the street. The arrogant kid I was, wanting to show them that I wasn't scared, and also kind of wanting a tattoo, I marched up the street. I found the house and I walked up to the door. I knocked, I stood there for a moment, and then I walked back to the house. It was thankfully a pretty lackluster trip. When I returned, he claimed that he was watching me and that he'd saw me try to knock on the door. He then rebargained and said that I had to, quote, waddle up and down the block while quacking like a duck, unquote, to get my tattoo. Uh, some kind of weird prison thing. Easy. I did exactly that. Returning to the house, he handed me a book of designs to choose from. I picked a black widow spider. I'm not entirely sure why, other than I thought it was, quote, sweet, unquote. He asked me where to put it, and I told him my lower back so I could hide it from our parents. Now, many of my life experiences easily mesh with the phrase, quote, in hindsight, unquote. And I'm apologizing now for overuse of this phrase. But in hindsight, as a relatively stable-minded kid, I should have recognized that an ex-con willing to tattoo a 13-year-old kid was pretty bad news. Nonetheless, we continued forward. The guy was smoking a crack pipe as he did the tattoo, and I caught second hand. I didn't really feel much of the tattooing as I was fixated on a mirror resting in front of us. I was lying down, the needle on my back, and I saw my dad holding the tattoo gun. I vividly recall hallucinating from secondhand contact. I closed my eyes for the remainder of the tattoo. The next morning after the tattoo, the friend's father came home shortly before SM was due to pick us up. Friend had told him in private about the tattoo and drugs, and he went ballistic. He began screaming, throwing things, cursing at his brother who had just illegally tattooed a minor, calling him an idiot and myself a dumbass. I can't argue that point. And he told his brother to get out. With his record and being on parole, he would go back to prison for tattooing a teenager in Illinois. He ran off before SM showed up to get us and pick us up, and I never heard from him or SB's friend again after that experience. SB and the friend made a pact not to tell our parents about the ink or drugs, knowing the seriousness of what had transpired over the weekend. SB wasn't one to protect me from any sort of trouble, but he could see the desperation in his friend's eyes, and they were close enough that he wouldn't share what had happened for well over a year. At the time of the reveal, I was halfway out of the house. Things were anything but ideal but I began spending as much time away from home as possible. Silver Linings Following this experience, I never allowed myself to be anywhere near someone potentially using hard drugs. I was convinced that the reason I saw Dad was because he would have been ashamed of my actions. All I had wanted for many years was his attention and approval. Again, going back to Dad. Especially during the years that we had lived with Mom. Oddly enough, when he found out about the tattoo a year or so later, he had zero issues with it. Rather than berate me, he shared stories behind some of the tattoos he had. It is very easy to overlook the unconditional love that our parents have for us. Just as we have been doing through this entire season, we'll wrap up with a few different insights from some of the chapters we progressed through during the show. Milligan. 
it's never too late to initiate a, quote, phoenix phase, unquote, a rebirth or to transform our lives into what we desire it to be. It may not be easy, but a waterproof plan and effort towards your best self will inevitably bring positive results. Watch your chicken wings and don't flaunt them. None of us should consider ourselves above any other being on this planet. If you have earned a chicken wing, remain humble, not prideful. The impact on others will be much better. Regarding the story of hiding my tattoo from my father for literally a year, those that truly care for us will not abandon us because of poor choices we have made. Rather, they will try to help push us forward into a better tomorrow, or at least not push us backwards. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Evolve and Elevate podcast. As always, this is Jake, signing off. And remember, when things are looking down, you always have the choice to stay up.